Hey everybody, Captain Andy Comics is right about to start, but there's a lot of great podcasts on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, including this one. <clears throat> a lot of anchors do that. <clears throat> Are you ready? Oh boy. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. Hi, I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. Let's do good. it again. What? That wasn't good. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Hi, I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. Back to you on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. I need an agent. The following podcast is a part of Radiomisfits.com. Time for Caffeinated Comics, a lively discussion and debate on comics, film, television, and collectibles, all fueled by the magic of Frappuccinos. Now, here's your hosts, John and Steven. Thank you, it's Caffeinated Comics. I'm your host, John Clark. With me, as always, is my co-host, Stephen Brown. And Elliot Serrano is with us today. Hey. Uh, and this is kind of... I was going to say this is the big one, but... We did have Avengers Endgame this year. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think that was that was this year. So that might have been, yeah, that might have been the bigger movie, and we can get into that. But this is one of the big ones. The Rise of Skywalker is out now, and it is. I would say my my. I've been going around saying this is the end game of Star Wars movies. I mean, right. when you really think about it, even the feel of it, the ending was very similar. To, to end game, if you ask yeah, me. I, yeah, I, I mean, we can we can go right into that. I, I took umbrage with, like, this is the end of the Skywalker Star. This is the end of Star Wars. I'm like, it's the end of Star Wars until the next fucking episode of Mandalorian comes out on Friday. <laughs> yeah, like, well, there's no... So, I, Endgame is apt because after Endgame, there was a Spider-Man movie like a month later. Right. So, it's not the end, end of Star Wars. I feel like it's the end of... It's the end of this trilogy with Ray and Finn and Poe Dameron. Oh yeah, no, you're right. But don't 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 you think this is kind of like with, we're uh, hopefully we're done with Skywalkers? I after think this? so, but I think Mandalorian. No, yeah, Mandalorian I get and that. Rogue One have already proved it's like the Skywalkers don't matter that much. No, it's, that's what I'm. Uh, yeah, I think because uh, I had said this is like the last Star Wars movie, and all I meant was like this story's done. No more Darth Vader. No more episodes. No more Palpatine. You could do episodes still if you want, I guess. I don't think they will. But I'd rather like go a thousand years in the future, go a thousand years in the past, and do something in a different corner of the galaxy that has nothing to do with this like hillbilly farmer from Tatooine. Well, I don't think we're gonna get. I don't think we're gonna get this theme song again. I don't think we're gonna get the scroll again because we had two. We've had two non-episode movies, and now it seems like those are all becoming Disney Plus shows. But both Solo and Rogue One. That's the stuff they didn't do. They didn't do Long Time Ago in a Galaxy Far Away. They didn't do the big Star Wars. They didn't do the scroll, which then panned out. Oh, they didn't do the starter. scroll in those movies? Neither of them did that. No. Huh. Um, um, Rogue One just starts. It just goes like, boom, and you're like at a planet. In Solo, there is um, there is writing before, but it doesn't scroll. Does it say like a long time ago in a galaxy? It does not. Huh. It, it does it, not. It says like there. It is a dark time, and then Solo. Remember, Solo like brings the title up in the scene, and you fly through it almost like a Marvel movie. Hmm. So they don't. Those are the well. Now the Mandalorian starts with it, like flashes all the helmets and stuff. Yeah, I, I think, think that's just like their new. Like, I think credits. that's the Disney Plus 
Star Wars logo. I think every Star Star Wars TV show is going to have those. those oh, I assumed helmets. like all the Star Wars movies after this were gonna were gonna. I thought start about it, but that. then this didn't. And then the other thing is we don't know we don't know what's going to happen next because Kevin Feige's working on a movie, Ryan Johnson's working on movies, the Game of Thrones guys were, and now uh, yeah, they're, no, not. they're not right. So we don't. So in a way, it's the last because we don't know what's next movie wise. But we're getting a second season of Mandalorian, a Rogue One TV show, and an Obi-Wan. They're doing a Rogue One TV show? It's going to be just Cassian and K2SO. It's going to be like where they were before Rogue One. That's weird. The Cassian Andor show, yeah. 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 I'm not... I didn't didn't even like his character, but... I I like K2SO. Yeah, I like the robot. Yeah, I like Alan Tudyk. I just rewatched Rogue One. I don't know why. I, I it's like I don't I don't mind that movie. It's like it's a fun, you know, it's not like the greatest of all time, but it's like a decent Star Wars movie for being like not Star Wars. I think it's an interesting story. Yeah. That, that, but I it. I don't know why they'd look at that and be like, you know who needs a movie? <laughs> the guys from like the most unpopular Star Wars movie since the prequels. No, the most unpopular Star Wars movie was so long. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's that was true. the one that didn't make. But money. are they talking about making a solo movie? No, they are not. They're, what? What? Wait. What's they were the other? To make a solo trilogy. What's the other show they're making? They're making the Obi Wan show. Yep. There's another Mandalorian coming. Yep. And then and, what and then else? This show that you're just complaining Rogue about right one, now. That's it. <laughs> yeah. No, but there's there's nothing else. There's nothing else because they're making like a hundred Marvel shows. Yes. You and there's only making what three Star Star Wars shows so far. I mean, we don't know, but they're taking their time with these because I don't think Obi Wan's going to come out till like 2021. Yeah. So well, did you? I saw. Um, uh, and I and I feel like most of the Marvel shows are not planned to get more than one season. I, yeah, I think because cause they're gonna be they're gonna be like long movies that they're I, gonna go back into the who, movies. Like, who who are the characters that we we're not gonna give a movie to? They're not gonna give Sam Mackey or whatever the Falcon. He's not gonna get his own movie. But it's like, well, he's gonna be Captain America. So here's a show about yeah, like him being Moon, Moon Captain Knight. America. Moon Knight is probably the closest thing to what they were doing with Netflix. Yeah, of like we're not making a Moon Knight movie. So right, Moon Knight. but he can make a but show. But like WandaVision, there'll there'll be a season of WandaVision, and then Wanda and Vision will be. Uh, they're going to be in Doctor Strange. Well, yeah, this leads right into Doctor Strange. I had seen um, Ewan McGregor on uh, like a talk show or something, and this is after they announced Obi-Wan Kenobi, and he was talking, and they're like, so how long have you known? He's like, oh, he's like, a long time. And he, he's like, everyone keeps asking me, you know, what do you think about, you know, the Obi-Wan show everyone's talking about because there were so many rumors about it. And he's very, like, kind of, like, funny about it. He's just like, he's like, you feel terrible because you have to basically lie to people mm-hmm. and be like, hey, if they call, you know. And he's like, the whole time he's like, and I was just on the phone with them talking about it. And we're, they're definitely doing it, but he can't talk about it until they announced it. Yeah, I saw um, there was a wired, one of those autocomplete interviews for uh, Stranger Things. And there was one with David Harbour and Winona Ryder, which is just delightful. Because David Harbour is as much in love with Winona Ryder as every Gen, Gen X man yeah. <laughs> in existence, but he's sitting next to her. Yeah. And then uh, they were doing the autocomplete, and one of them was like, Is David Harbour going to be the thing? And he was, he's like, Oh, you know, there's talk about, there's rumors, there's a lot of stuff. And he's being very cagey, and now we know he's Red Guardian. Oh, Black Widow. Yeah. And in fact, when I saw that, I was like, Oh, he must have signed on for Hellboy, and he doesn't want to talk about that. Um, which, by the way, I texted you about is on HBO now. It's so bad. <laughs> oh, it is? Oh, the David Harbour Hellboy movie is so much worse than you think it's going really? to be. Wow. It's so incredibly bad. Wow. It's on HBO now if you have, if you want to watch it on yeah, the HBO app. Maybe. Uh, for free, it was hard. 
Yeah. <laughs> but they do rough. have to play these. So obviously David Harbour knew he was going to be Red Guardian. And people are like, are you going to be the thing? And he's like, mm. maybe. He's, yeah, he's like, well, I'm definitely going to be in a Marvel movie. But yeah, I but I can't anything. say. And obviously he's not going to be the thing if he's the Red Guardian. Can't be both. All right, but let's actually talk about this movie. Because uh, it's hard to talk about a Disney property without talking about all the Disney properties. Yeah. Uh, so I have a question because, and correct me if I'm wrong, Elliot. I think you're our big Star Wars guy. Um, so Endgame was like a huge deal. I felt I was just like, this is they'll never make a movie bigger than this. Mm-hmm. Was this going into the Star Wars movie? What you kind of felt like? Oh my god, the last episode of. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, how does it? No, no. no. I'll, I'll be because you've been burned so bad before, right? No, and I, I want to clarify when I when I say that Rise of Skywalker is the quote unquote end game of Star Wars. It's just it's the end of that particular chapter, as you said. There will be no more Skywalkers. Just like with Endgame, we knew Cap's moving on, Luke, um, mm-hmm. Tony was moving on, and and so on. And sure. we may even get an Avengers it, five someday, someday. but but. The Infinity Gauntlet saga, right, is over. And same with yeah. So, but yes, and even going into um, Rise of Skywalker, it wasn't like I felt, oh, I'm I'm never going to see Star Wars again. Because you're right, there's Mandalorians coming out, and they've already announced all these other properties and other Disney Plus shows, and they've announced other movies in development. Right. Although you know, I'm sure we've talked about this before, and I know you've talked about it. Um, that that they've discovered they can't push out that much Star Wars pro, pro, uh, product into the market and get people to consume it as voraciously right. as yeah. they're doing the Marvel stuff. Well, I think, yeah. I think Solo taught them that. I think the biggest problem Solo had, marketplace-wise, and we can talk about the flaws of the movie, is that it came out six months after Last Jedi. Yes, but mind you, Marvel movies do that as well. Three a year. Marvel movies started two a year, then they went to three a year, now they're going to four a year. Well, and I think, I was just having this conversation yesterday, I think that the big difference between Marvel and Star Wars is that um, Star Wars is so based in in nostalgia now, especially since we've moved away from the prequels, but they were always three years apart and they were events, so you had to build up the anticipation for the events. With Marvel, they were smaller movies that came out here and there and here and there, and they slowly built up. And the advantage that I think Marvel has is Marvel has that built-in nostalgia because we all grew up with Captain America. We didn't grow up with Captain America movies. Right. So the movies feel very modern and very today. And we have been kind of trained to go, Marvel movies come out a lot. Whereas Star Wars was like, you're a, an older person when another Star Wars movie com- comes out. It's almost like it's like Batman movies. I mean, we'd never if we got a Batman movie every year, people wouldn't go anymore. Yeah, you know. But I think with Marvel, you you have that breadth and scope that they're trying to bring to Star Wars now. Uh, is why they're saying, hey, it doesn't have to be about Skywalkers. And look, here's Mandalorian, and uh, here's Solo. I think they're they're trying to get to a place where Marvel got to organically. But I mean, Marvel was always built on a model of, of you know, uh, fifty stories come out every month of different characters. Yeah. Well, in, in defense, though, of, of Solo, I mean, it, let's be honest, it still is. It was it, by by definition a successful movie. It just wasn't as successful as right. the other ones. I mean, 
Yeah, it didn't it, bomb. Right. They say that it was a disappointment. It, it, it was a, yes, a quote unquote disappointment because it didn't make a billion dollars like all the other Star Wars movies had. Yeah. You know, so to me, it's like you know, you don't see Marvel going, okay, we're scrapping Ant Man because it didn't make as much money as right. you know Avengers. as a, an Avengers film. Sure. They're like, we know that these movies are only going to make so much, but sure. they're part of the story. I think, but they have, and I could tell that the Disney folks are going, we can do with Star Wars what we did, what they're doing in Marvel, but but then they. No, but we need these movies to make a billion dollars each, right. which to me well, is Well, really Solo is also it. the most expensive Star Wars movie ever made. Solo? Because they made it twice. Yes. Because Ron Howard had to reshoot so oh. much of it that it cost like $200 million. Yeah. And, and, and it cost like what Endgame cost. No, Endgame and uh, they filmed Endgame and Infinity War at the same time, and it cost a billion oh, yeah, yeah. dollars yeah. for those two movies. But to it be paid made. off. Oh yeah, yeah paid <laughs> and, off. and then the first weekend, yeah. and you can tell Rise of Skywalker is not a billion dollar no. movie. It's. I thought it was pretty big though. I mean, uh, it was big, but I thought it was as big as Force Awakens or Last Jedi. Oh, see, I thought I it was th- bigger because of the amount of. Um, uh, it just seemed like the scope was a lot bigger. Like that fleet at the end was just massive, and then the the good guys' fleet. Show okay, up hold on. Like, we 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 are saying that this is a spoiler. Yes. yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. Like like every movie opening weekend, we're gonna get into spoilers. Right. Um, I'm amazed that it's taken us 12 minutes to do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're we're still learning. <laughs> but like the 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 scale of everything at the end felt. A lot bigger than it normally does. Felt very endgameish, didn't it? It did, yeah. And I, I well, and I think it's you can. Uh, I think definitely going into or coming out of this movie, I'd say, uh, you, it's like, oh, this is the same studio that put out Endgame. Oh yeah, I understand it's a different branch of the Disney, but or they're whatever, learning from each but other. But yeah. yeah, but I think it's clearly like look at what marvel did and then like take and apply it to star wars and I, you know vice versa i'm it's sure it's kind of like when um Ma- uh toy biz was doing marvel legends and lord of the rings at the same time was that there were there was a period where all of a sudden the capes on marvel legends started to get really good like dr doom's cape was good because they had made so many hobbit capes right and then all of a they sudden they figured out how to make clothes. the hobbits had double knees and elbows and you could put them in spider-man poses yeah <laughs> and it's still that kind of like hey that worked over here let's do it over yeah, here yeah it's like uh it's cross-pollination or whatever it's it's good you know everyone wins yeah but well what let's get to the first question what did you think of it all right so i've only seen it once um, it did just come out. Yeah, and it did. Well, I, yeah. yeah, and I'm, I'm I am going to see it again. When? Um, hopefully, uh, uh over the new year. Oh, okay, no. but not like today. No, I can't see it. I, yeah, <laughs> I'm. He's here doing this. Yes. <laughs> There's many more hours left in the day, John. <laughs> Presumably, more show times. <laughs> but here's the thing: I do want to see this one again. Yeah. Unlike the Last Jedi, where every time, I mean. I've I've I, I tell Greg I've got to see this one again. It felt more like homework. Yeah, like I had to go. Okay, I gotta I gotta do this because I have to really make sure I understand this. Well, how you do know? you rank the four movies? Like four, the, uh, the, oh, Disney, the, the four Disney movies. Are there five so far? This is the fifth. Yeah, right. Yes, you're right, because there's three yeah. and then the two chapters. I've been saying four until this weekend. <laughs> How would you rank? Let's not even get into the prequels, the original trilogy. Right. I know you've had very, very strong opinions, and uh, you've been here for pretty much every movie. Uh, how do you rank them now seeing, seeing basically all? this saga complete? Um, okay, if just looking at the Disney films. Just the Disney films and not The Mandalorian, not any television. Right, right. Okay, so I, I'll still rank Force Awakens at, at the top for me, for the Disney films. Um, Rogue One's at at the bottom of that list. 
that yeah. rogue one's below the last it, jedi yeah because the last jedi has mark hamill and i love mark oh hamill. okay and in as much as the, the last jedi rankles me in other areas his performance was like he's the, great he's i like great him as like movie. he hits her with the leaf that's yeah. like it's yeah. funny all that stuff he's, yeah he's awesome there's there, there mark hamill went through a transformation when he started doing the joker yeah, it they, changed they feel him. Like it, that was in Luke. That kind of like that gruff, like yeah. In a, oh, in a, you feel the force. In a in a way that it wasn't in the prequels because he hadn't done it yet, or the original Star yes. Wars. Because it's like he's not really like funny in those movies. He's not very good in the original trilogy. No, and I can say this because he's amazing now, right? But he was like a young, handsome kid. I think he's good in Empire because remember, if he doesn't sell Yoda. Nobody buys it. That's yeah, true. Yeah. You know, so he really makes Yoda work. But beyond that, yeah, he's he's not re- because then by the, by the time you get to Return of the Jedi, he has to be like the cool guy. Yeah. You know. Yeah. He doesn't get a lot of uh, emotional arc no. in Jedi. Except that he's kind of serious. Yeah. Except for that, I remember the one thing that always got me about in the beginning of Return of the Jedi when um when Jabba says he says you know take them away and Luke turns to him and goes you should have bargained Jabba that's the last mistake you'll ever make I'm like. Oh snap! Yeah, yeah fuck he us. just like he just yeah. I think he he said I'm gonna murder your ass. Yeah, yeah gonna... he just called job out in front of <laughs> yeah. all his guys. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, well, somebody's gonna die. And he's all in black. And yeah, he, and he's home. Yeah, like that that hit me even when I was a kid watching Return of the Jedi. I was like, oh, he he's come back mm-hmm. to Tatooine to fuck shit up. Yeah, <laughs> but then then beyond that, that you're right. Then there aren't a lot of moments. And then at the very end, when he's like chopping Vader. You know, mm-hmm. at the end of that fight, and he's like, you see that anger on his face, and that really got to me. So with with the Last Jedi, yeah, you got to see more of a fully realized Luke Skywalker. Just like in The Force Awakens, I think um, Harrison Ford does his best Han Solo of, of all the movies in The Force Awakens. Oh yeah, yeah. Because in The Force Awakens, I mean, in the in the prequel, uh, not the prequels, in the classic trilogy, you know, he's playing the side guy kind of like you know the guy over here in the background being cool but he's and but it's really a very um well except for empire because empire empire he's got his own subplot rather than being a side character and he's goes through the biggest arc well or matches luke because luke goes right being trained by yoda to fighting darth vader but like han solo goes from being like the cocky guy in hoff to the guy who sacrifices himself to be right place in carbonite the problem with han solo is by the time he came back for jedi harrison ford doesn't want to be doesn't want to be right and he he wants him he'd rather make six more indiana jones than one more star wars and that's what killed me too because i remember seeing return of the jedi and going he's he's channeling indie right now when he goes hey it's me i'm going that that sounds like an indie line you know yeah yeah or or that like well, instead of a big dark blur it's a big light blur yeah that's exactly you're right because it's very indie when he does indie he finds his persona right and then he's like oh this is who i am on screen right whereas in the force, it, yeah. force awakens he's not doing he's not doing crystal skull indie. Nope. He's, no he's doing and he's doing han solo yeah. yeah um but anyway so then uh so then you know what return is actually moving up a little i mean sorry Last Jedi is moving up a little bit more because I would rank Last Jedi um, equal if just a little again because it's Mark Hamill right above Solo, which I really like Solo because there, it has so much of the original actual Star Wars DNA in it. You know? Yeah, there's things I like about Solo. I mean, I'm with these five movies, I feel like I'm even on all of them where like I enjoyed them. Where 
the original trilogy I was completely devoted to, and um, Return of the Jedi, it took me a long time to realize it was weaker than the other two, because I just felt like, oh, I'm over it because the story's over. And fi- when then, later on, I went back, I'm like, oh, no, this is a weaker movie. That's why I wasn't as excited. Um, and then the prequels broke me yeah. uh, to to the fact where like I don't want to get hurt again, so I just keep. Going. <laughs> I just really keep going. Breakup. I go to these Disney movies, and I'm like, no, "How you doing? Uh, you got a new? Don't hurt me." Yeah, are you like, are you married now? Do you have kids? Uh, yeah. How's that going for you? Um, <laughs> Following you on Facebook. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, yeah. But great. I've enjoyed all of them. I feel uh, I think Force Awakens probably hooked me the most because I felt they went out of their way to make it feel like the original trilogy, which was something Lucas went out of his way to not do with the prequels. He wanted to do something different. That was Disney going like, hey, we love Star Wars for the reason you love Star Wars. You know, and it's um, one, and one of the great things about living in this day and age of geekdom is that people of Elliot's of my generation, Gen Xers are calling the shots. And it's people like John Favreau and Kevin Feige and JJ Abrams who grew up the way we grew up. And they're like, Hey, we know why you love this. Cause it's the it's reason the we love reason. this. Yeah. Whereas Lucas, the creator was like, well, I like this now. And, uh, and it's like, I, no, I don't like that. Well, I mean, and, uh, 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 and then by the way, uh, rise of Skywalker, boom, takes that last spot. So we'd be like the number two. Right number two, so I mean, right behind Force, Force, right Force Awakens. Okay, so but Force Awakens, Rise of Skywalker, Skywalker uh, Last, Last Jedi, Jedi Solo, Rogue, Rogue One. One. So the three chapters and then the side movies. Yeah, Interesting. And, and the only reason that Solo doesn't rank higher is just, uh, uh, just it was. Oh, it's hard for me. It was hard for me to get. I think Alden was really good as. I thought he was a little so, bland, but but. Was, ev- yeah. but that was also because everybody else in that movie blows him off the screen. Right. Well, I that's mean, the Donald thing too. Glover, is like Woody Harrelson, yes. Amelia Clark, yes. uh, Paul Bettany, who was a last minute replacement. Yep. Um, who did he replace? Michael K. Williams was. Who's uh, Michael K. Williams? He was from the the Wire. The Wire. Yeah, he's the guy that has a scar across his face. That's why Paul Bettany had all those scars. Uh, yeah. His character. Hmm. Yeah, he's, uh, he did an episode of Community. He's really good. But what happened was when Ron Howard did the reshoots. He's doing that show Happen Leonard, right. and he couldn't make the schedule work, so he had to oh, drop out. So, so they, it wasn't a creative difference. Or, yeah, it was just scheduling. It was just like, hey, there's like three more months to shoot this, and he, he was the one that couldn't do it. Yeah. But everybody else is acting the shit out of that movie, yeah. and like he can't keep up. Yeah. But, he's, he's, but also that movie ends 40 minutes before it ends. True. And, and I didn't true. realize this till the last time I watched it, like – after the Kessel run, I, I clicked on the time. I was like, there's 40 minutes left of this movie? Because yeah. the, all they just have to do is go back to that ship and betray each other, and that's the end of the movie. Right. And it's that's where the pace just gets sucked out right. of that movie. Right. Um, but yeah, so that, that was just my ranking. But what was it What was before that? Yeah, that was, uh, you You had Rogue One at the bottom. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the thing about, again, talking about, we'll say about like Rise of Skywalker, I the thing that's amazing me right now is the 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 on the Twitter and Facebook uh, discourse surrounding it has reached uh, almost religious proportions because people uh, have like leading up to the release of Rise of Skywalker, I kept seeing everyone stating. Well, The Last Jedi was the greatest movie of the Disney films. And you had that uh, article on Nerdist talking about The Last Jedi didn't break Star Wars. It saved it. And there's and everyone's like had to declare how great Last Jedi right. was. Right, well, because they've been shitting on it for two years. And that, and I agree with you. That's the crazy thing about the reviews because I didn't see it till Saturday. 
So there were, I saw a bunch of the reviews and just tried to avoid spoilers, but they were all over the map. And so many, and so many of the bad reviews that I've seen for Rise of Skywalker are been like, it's just fan service. JJ just does what everybody expects and doesn't take any chances with it. And I was like, wait, weren't you the same people that fucking hated Last Jedi for not doing what you wanted? For killing off Snoke and, and saying that Ray's parents didn't matter and for making Luke bitter, like, because you didn't expect any of this to happen? I was like, are, are these the same fans or are these two factions of fans as vocal as each other? Because this is a total contradiction. Yeah, I think it's a, a little of both. You know, I know I've seen some folks like uh, doing 180s on themselves, but also, I mean, myself included, but, you know, but also there are factions now. Star Wars fandom has broken into factions. Yeah, it's kind of, I don't I know. I think that happened with the prequels, but. It, oh, yeah, no. I but, think yeah, that happened it, with it the country. subdividing, yes. But now, that, yeah, they keep getting into smaller factions. Well, it happened with the that. internet, I think. Yeah, well, I don't, it's like, I, it confuses me to no end, like, why people have such strong opinions about Star Wars. I get that it's like the, I think Star Wars is probably the biggest like cultural like um pop culture thing in the world do you know what i mean yeah i think it's bigger than marvel and disney and all this stuff i think star wars is the biggest but it's like people are just like it's like unbelievable how much people hate the last jedi it's like it's like a little it's kind of like really really (laughs) you really care about this so much you hate it so much and it's like we've talked about it a bunch there's it's not a perfect movie there's a lot of problems with it and it just seemed like that director was just like I'm just going to, whatever decision I have to make, I'm just going to yeah. go in the direction that you don't expect, regardless of whether or not it services the movie or a larger narrative. He was and making I, a George Costanza movie. He yeah. kept going, yeah, I'm going to do the opposite. opposite. I'm yeah. going to go opposite. Yeah. Whatever yeah. you think I'm going to do, I'm going to do, do the, the opposite. opposite. And, and, I, and I like Ryan Johnson. I like Looper a lot. I'm hearing amazing things about Knives Out. I really want to see it. Ryan Johnson also directed some of the best episodes of Breaking Bad. Like, we've been re-watching Breaking Bad, and every now and then I go, oh, Ryan Johnson. And Renee's like, who's that? I'm like, he made The Last Jedi. And like that blows her mind. She's yeah. like, wait, 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 wait. The guy that made Star Wars did like an episode of this. Yeah. And there's some of the best episodes. I really like him. But yeah, I think he was going out of his way to fuck with us. I mean, the, again, for the record, and it might sound like I'm contradicting myself. <laughs> yeah. The Last Jedi, I I will stomach a lot of st- I've stomached a lot of stuff about it. The Canto bite scene, which everyone insists to me is, a, is the most brilliant thing ever. Wait, what's and what is that? Can- when they go, do they go to the casino planet? Remember? Oh, you mean that oh. plot that has nothing? That's well, no yeah, consequence. Yeah. That's where they lose me. They, I right. feel like they're just meandering. Yeah, that's like twenty five minutes to get. Uh, Benicio del Toro to not do very not much, not do anything. Yeah, yeah like he, portray- he does like five yeah. percent more than he does in Marvel. Well, because uh, <laughs> to me, it's like I watch this, I'm going, oh, wait a minute, this is echoing Lando Calrissian in Cloud City, and he's going to like like he did in Empire. Lando's going to betray the rebels, but then in the end, turn around and save them. And so uh, Ryan Johnson's like, yeah, it's going to be just like that. He's the Lando of this movie, and then he's going to turn around and save everyone. No. He's not. Yeah. You know, so. Because at the end of that, he betrays them, right? He betrays them. Well, it's also a build up to the the lockpick with the the rose in his collar, who's uh, played by the guy that wrote Iron Man 2. Um, And he doesn't get a line. Like, they build him up. And in fact, there was people thought that was going to be Lando. Uh, Oh, I remember. It was going to be Last Jedi. Billy D. Williams is in this. By the way, Land, uh, Billy Dee Williams is both older than I thought and looks better than I thought for his age. Because Lando, uh, Billy Dee Williams is like eighty one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he 
He and looks like he's 81, though. I feel like he looks like he's 75, but he doesn't move. Yeah, see, like, I like every a, shot of him, movement. he's like sitting he on a thing. He just is kind of sitting there, just kind of standing there, you know? <laughs> he's like, hey, sweet. <laughs> so uh, I have, I, I, I can't complete thoughts here. I mean, uh, my, my brain keeps going in different directions. It's too much coffee. Really, yeah. But then, uh, so if Luke doesn't die at the end of The Last Jedi, you know, of exhaustion, essentially. I can I can deal with the rest. That's my biggest gripe about. But the that's last also Jedi. how they spoilers. That's also how they kill Leia in this. See, but that now then that brings me back to my next part, which is why so many people are bitching about uh, the rise of Skywalker. Talk about how well you know he J.J. Abrams is just undoing everything that Ryan Johnson set up. I'm like. If you look at Rise of Skywalker, it seems like he's continuing the same yeah. beats that everything that Ryan well, Johnson said. Well, second Ryan act Johnson? Third act. Yeah. Like, second act, second act was the fake out, and then the third act resolves that. It's like, yeah, your parents were nobody because they decided to be nobody. But hang on a second. Didn't Ryan Johnson undo everything J.J. Abrams set up? Because Ryan Johnson was like, Snoke's the big bad guy? Nah, he's dead. Yeah. It's like... I, lo- I did love in this how they, they show... Snoke is in the corner of a frame, and it resolves everything about Snoke. Yeah, well, he's just I, like a clone puppet. He's right? just a clone of the Emperor. He's just—they're all or these failed clone. clones. It's not necessarily of the Emperor, but a clone. He looks he close to Palpatine, yeah. but there's like a, a few yeah, of them. Like in, few of them. But it's kind of like that Snoke scene. In, was it's like giant. Alien Resurrection, where it's like all those right. mutated Sigourney Weavers. But the Snoke is a big person. Like he was like eight feet tall. No, he was eight feet tall in the hologram of Force Awakens. But when they're in the throne room, no, with him, he's he, not that big. There's a side by side. He pulls Ray like right up to his face. He is his, pretty tall. His but you head never, is yeah. enormous. But he's sitting though. We never see him right. standing yeah. up next to Ray. But you're right. He does seem. pretty I think he's big. a bigger character. Yeah. But he, but they but, cloned him up a bit. They cloned him up. But yeah, it, it's funny going back to um, with Rise of Skywalker. And you're saying what um, how. J.J. Abrams had to explain certain things and resolve things real quick on the fly. Sure. It, it reminded me of when I was um, working with um, Brandon Jerwa on the uh, Xena Army of Darkness miniseries. We, we were asked to write the sequel to the first Xena Army of Darkness series. That uh, Okay, so long story. John Lehman who everyone, uh, comic books folks Yeah, he created Chew. Chew. He wrote a really good run of Detective, Detective Comics. Comics. Yeah. Um, he's doing Outer Darkness now. And he won it. He was, you know, Eisner Award winner. Did the first three issues of the Xena Army of Darkness miniseries for Dynamite. Had a, has some disagreements with the publisher. Didn't want it. Just said, I'm not doing this anymore. And um, the last, very last issue of that, uh, series, uh, Brandon Jerwa had to step in and write it. Okay, and I remember reading it and going, um, and I, Brandon and I were were great friends. So you know, I was I'm, I don't see this see this as a say this as a criticism, but I remember reading it and going, okay, oh, Brandon's going in a direction that I wasn't quite getting. It was a good conclusion as he wrote it, um, but it didn't seem to jive with everything that was going on. Sure. Which is kind of what happened to Ash versus Evil Dead season two. Oh, there you go, right. And then, so then when we were brought on to write the sequel, Brandon said, we're going to do Army of Darkness, uh, Xena versus Army of Darkness part two. Will you co-write it with me because you really know Ash and I know Xena? I said, sure. But I, in my own head, I'm like, okay, I need to figure out 
all this stuff that happened in the first series and kind of explain it. And that's what, so I was like, and then if you read the very last issue of the, of the, of our sequel, um, there's a bit of exposition that explains boom, 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 why this happened here, this happened here, this mm. happened here. And um, I brought in the evil dead Xena, you know, spoiler, uh, the evil dead, the, the deadite Xena to kind of is like the emperor Palpatine mm. of that, because she has to come in, be the big bad that was behind everything all along. Right. And then explain. Which is like retroactive. Exactly. Yeah. Retconning. So I remember I'm watching this and when, when, when that whole bit with Palpatine, he's explaining this. I was the voice inside your head. And, you right. know, I'm like, and they're going, holy shit, I did that. <laughs> I yeah. remember writing that. <laughs> That's mine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not that, that, but I mean, but I remember doing that. In thing, a way, you know? Palpatine's mm. whole character is retconned because Palpatine is not a part of A New Hope. They no. do say the Emperor, but in A New Hope, it's Darth Vader answering to Peter Cushing. And then in empire it's like there's this mysterious emperor he's talking to the emperor doesn't become a character until return of the jedi then he's threaded in the prequels to kind of explain him right so the fact that he comes back in this one i'm like yeah he's kind of he's he's kind of the only other i mean i know c3po was in all the movies but like he's the only other character that was in all three trilogies am i right yoda I mean, Yoda shows up in Last Jedi. Yeah. Uh, and so it's like, Yoda, yeah, C3PO and R2D2 are in all nine. Oh, all right. movies. But yeah, I think they're the only ones. But A New Hope doesn't have Yoda. It doesn't have the Emperor. Right. Uh, but then those were popular characters that were kind of threaded well, through. Yeah, it's, it's like the problem. I mean, Yoda's voice is in this. I was talking to my, uh, me and my brother went to go see Star Wars, which is unusual because he didn't care about these movies when we were kids. But now it's like, oh, Star Wars. And we both liked it. Mm-hmm. But the problem with Star Wars, and I kind of felt this is like, I'm always like a little unsatisfied at the end of the movie, all of them, because it's like none of these were planned to be together. Do you know what I mean? That first trilogy, the original trilogy was just like, here's three movies. And then like 20 years passed or 30 years passed. And then he made prequels, which were very different than the original. And then these ones, it's like these nine episodes that all kind of like are crammed together, like... They don't fit together. Yeah, Ellie, do you, you know? know where the first um, mention of nine episodes came from? Because I remember Lucas saying that in interviews, but I was trying to track it down because when you go back, it's very obvious that A New Hope is it. And like he made one movie and yeah, he had some backstory in his head and he had some ideas where it would go, but like he didn't even have Empire Strikes Back in his head when he wrote A New Hope. And but... He was saying, like, I remember before Return of the Jedi, he was like, yeah, there's nine of these things. He said nine. He's even said 12. I remember that um, he's talking about different, yeah, the, the different series. It always stuck. Nine always stuck in my head, though, I remember. Because mm. I always thought, oh, three trilogies, three trilogies. There's going to be the And I remember of- after Revenge of the Sith came out, and they were like, we're done. Everybody was kind of like, no. There's, there's episode there's, seven. Yeah. To me, that's the one I always wanted. I want my episode seven. I want... I want Luke Skywalker as a Jedi Master training the next generation. That's what I've been waiting for. Yeah, you know. So it's like that. The thing that always kind of annoyed me with with the Star Wars um, um, sequels is okay. It was essentially like I got to follow uh, Perca- uh, 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 Kirk through Starfleet Academy, and it ends. Uh, he's on the bridge of the Enterprise, and. I never get to see any of his... his, his and his, then his, you his, see his Generations. Yeah, then, <laughs> yeah, boom, then later right. on, oh, okay, Kirk is passing off the next one. Wait a minute! I wanted to yeah. see him as captain! You know, that reminds me, um, 
Yeah, I had the same feeling The Last Jedi. I was like, okay, I can accept this because they didn't make a Star Wars movie in the 90s. If they made a Star Wars movie in the 90s, we would have had Mark Hamill, about 40 years old, training Jedis. And yeah, now he's in his... Now he's around 60, so that part of his life as a human body is gone. It was the same thing with Godfather 3, which is a worse movie than any of these, was that in, if you've seen the third Godfather, it jumps ahead so far that Michael Corleone has gone through all of these changes between, in the movies they didn't make. Because there's such a gap in the timeline between those two movies. I remember my dad being annoyed by that. He was like, that's not the character that he was in two. And I was like, yeah, because he had like 30 years right. to change. And they did the same thing with Luke. Yeah. It was like, had they made a Godfather movie in 1983, you would have seen that change. Yeah. Did you guys like that they had the flashback to Luke training Leia to be a Jedi? I thought that was pretty cool. That, 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 that was, was They're working on that technology. It looked yeah. better than Rogue One. Yeah. yeah. Well, like Leia in this movie looked a little... Not real. Well, it her face was real. Everything else wasn't. I mean, yeah, her, obviously they took different. her head and they put it on a digital body. But it, were they it, both digital? I thought they were stunt people, and then they remapped their. Oh, faces. They probably did all that, but yeah. I know that her, that's her face. That's a, no, I guess like a scanner or whatever. But it's I guess the same thing. I just watched Rogue One like a week or two ago. Yeah, and it ends with her. And well, but digital. Peter Cushing's in it like yep. in three scenes, and I'm like, that just looks like a fake person. Although like, you know, we're what? getting really close, but yes. it's like we're not in the Uncanny Valley yet, or whatever it's called. You know what I mean? Although with Peter Cushing in Rogue One, the guy who's doing it is amazing because yeah, that good. voice is dead yeah, yeah. oh yeah I and mean, especially if you've seen other peter cushing because um you know he was he he's most famous for being van helsing in all of the dracula movies where christopher lee was dracula in mm-hmm. the in the 60s and like he nails that in the way that ewan mcgregor nailed Alec Guinness in like the man in the white I actually, suit. Right. Yeah, I think um, Ewan McGregor is Alan Mc- Alec playing like a young Alec McGuinness. Yeah. It's like highly underrated because like he does a really good He Alec said Guinness. the hardest thing about that was when he looked at any Alec Guinness movie that was made around his age, Alec Guinness was always doing an accent oh. because he was such a character actor yeah. that it's like he plays like an Arab in Lawrence of Arabia and he's like, but what does his real voice sound like? Yeah, so like I wonder if he was comedies, watching like interviews. Or... Like the Lady Killers or uh, Kind Hearts and Coronets, he plays seven characters. Yeah. It's like the man in the white suit is probably the closest to a normal Hmm. And by the way, if you've never seen any of those, they're amazing. I want to, Lady Killers is one I've been wanting to see for a while since Tom Hanks did that remake. Yeah, with the Coen Brothers, and it's one yeah. of the worst Coen Brothers movies they've yeah, ever made. Yeah. I mean, these guys are making American classics, and that one's like, hmm. Yeah. But yeah, the original one's really good. And uh, Peter Sellers is in the Lady Killers. Oh, that sounds, yeah. So he's he's one of that group. But, yeah, but that, and that's why I'm excited for this Obi-Wan TV show. I'm very excited for like, it. Like, I enjoyed that Winnie the Pooh movie. Oh, I didn't see it. It was on I, Netflix. I like, um, Hello there. I like Ewan McGregor a lot. Yeah, but, me too. Um, but I think especially after um, the the first episode of The Mandalorian, I was like, oh my God, these these original Disney high-budget yeah. shows, Marvel and Star Wars, they're going to be incredible they're, if they're like this. Yeah. I'll, I, I, yes, I agree. Although, to me, there I really do make a distinction between The Mandalorian, which feels very much like a TV show. Yeah. And the, the the Star Wars movies, I feel like epic films. Oh even yeah, the, the special effects alone, you know, is, yeah. There's a considerable beyond. difference. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the Mandalorian is really high, and I've gotten into this argument with other people about it. And I think because uh, I've had other people like, no, it's a TV show. I'm like, but it's a movie, and it's like, yeah, it's like just the camera angles alone. They're like, they're pretty much locked down. It's like wide shot, 
close-up right. angle. And it's like, okay, you didn't spend two days lighting this set. And when you need when you need the call on the five hundred and first, you know, to get extras, to get extra yeah. storm yeah. But honestly, for your, you know, honestly, it's like, why weren't those guys being? I don't know how long the five hundred first has been like around as an organization, but those guys should have been years. called up anytime they need Star Wars. I heard about those guys in the nineties. Yeah, been for a it's while. like they should have used those guys in the prequels. It's like you need a room full of stormtroopers. You don't think all these dudes want to be in a Star Wars movie? You know, Daniel Craig and Tom Hardy were stormtroopers right. in those movies. Man, oh, speaking of, how many? Cameos of these. Oh they yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I was going to ask. Was uh, Kevin Smith is in it? Is he? I yeah. He's Did in you, it. Uh, Lin Manuel Miranda's at the end. Lin, Lin Manuel. Uh, John Williams. He's one of the rebels. John Williams plays the bartender. Yep. John Williams, like the composer. Yes. Yeah. Who were the when they get onto the? They're on. Um, I don't know. They're on a ship, and Ray does the Jedi mind trick. Oh yeah, on those two are definitely troopers. two people. I don't know who they are though. I gotta look. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Do you yeah, know who those are? She's like, "You're happy we're here," and they're yeah. like, "Thank God you're here." It, it seemed like these have to be people. They're yeah. like characters. Like, yeah. yeah, like character actors. Because or that was the, yeah. Did, she did the Jedi mind trick on Daniel Craig in Force Awakens. Right. So you know they're going. Okay, yeah. Who are these two? So they've why why be... was that Daniel Craig though? Is he like is he like a big star? He wants to, yeah. Oh well, it's the same reason that Samuel Jackson's Mace Windu. Like he asked George Lucas, he said. He's like, I'll be a stormtrooper. He, well, he, said, I'll play, he goes, I'll play somebody's slave. He said, I'll even play someone's slave. In, in he just a, wants to be in. He just wanted to be in. Well, it, I yeah. just watched. Maybe, uh, maybe he just wanted to make Django Unchained back then. <laughs> Disney Plus has a documentary on the MCU, and it's pretty. It uses a lot of old footage, and I guess when they were making Iron Man. Uh, Samuel Jackson had already been in a comic book store a couple years before that and saw his face on the Ultimates. Yes. And he's like, oh, they're drawing me. So he called them and he's like, what do you guys got for me? Yeah. And they're like, well, actually, and then, you know, they asked him to be Nick Fury, obviously, but he, ahead of time, he, as soon as he heard they were making, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm he's always been this, a co- and he which said, is cool. He said Star Wars like blew his mind. Like when he, he saw it in the theater in 77. And yeah. Like, I think that made him a sci-fi fan. Yeah, that's cool. It's amazing. It's, you forget how long he's been around too because yeah. Pulp, he's in his 40s by the time Pulp Fiction happens. Well, because his break, his, his big his break, break comes Pulp, so much later. Pulp Fiction. Yeah, I mean, he's in, he's like in his late 30s, probably in Jurassic Park. Yeah, and you, know? and you don't remember a minute. But uh, I we remember were, a minute. We were watching... Uh... Hold on to your butts. <laughs> you remember everything about Jurassic Park. Well, I love that. It's a great movie. You remember, like, I remember the Tim Burton Batman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I was watching Coming to America was on VH1 last week, and I hadn't seen it in years and years. And Ben had never seen it, so I was like, oh, we're watching this movie. And they actually, the McDowell's was down the block from my high school. So when they shot, we saw them shoot it. So I've always been, like, excited about it. And I completely forgot Samuel Jackson tries to rob McDowell's in that movie. Mm. Like, and that's like 87. Yeah, he was about, he was in his 20s then, right? Yeah, yeah I think I think he might have been in his 30s by then. Yeah. yeah, and like Eddie Murphy beats him up. Wow. <laughs> Eddie Murphy's great. Yeah, okay. but by the way, I, we mentioned it before we recorded, but um, the Saturday Night Live Eddie Murphy hosted last night, go on Hulu and watch it because Eddie's still great. Yeah. Yeah, because he's been gone. I, I don't know the last time I saw Eddie Murphy. four years. Uh, what? He hasn't been on Saturday Night Live oh, in 34 years. Since the last time he hosted? Longer than I've been alive. When he, hosted, right? he was on the 40th anniversary and refused to do any sketches. Right. They asked, oh, and by the way, in his monologue, he attacked Bill Cosby. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. He, yeah. He, 
Because he always well, but, because God. we always had it in for him. Yeah, and that's yeah. why. But uh, in the middle of his monologue, he goes, "Who's America's father now?" <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's and great. then he's got ten kids. Yeah, because uh, because um, Eddie I, Murphy has ten kids. He has ten kids. Oh my god! I mean, he's Be- got the money for it between you know? the ages of one and thirty. Well, he said that in the monologue. He's like, "I just made Dolomite as my name, and I'm hosting Saturday Night Live again." And he goes, "He goes, the reason you're seeing a lot of me is I got ten kids. Yeah, he's got to be more expensive. Yeah." Kids are expensive. So I saw. I finally saw the uh, comedians in cars drinking coffee that he did. Yeah. So, and it, there was yeah, it's talking a lot about that. I'm like, wow. I think that's part of his Netflix deal. Yeah. I think, I I really think that um, Netflix was like, what do we need to do to get Eddie Murphy to make a new stand special for Netflix? And he's like, you got to make my Dolomite movie. I've been trying to get that made for 15 years. And they were like, okay. And that movie's amazing. And then I think it was also like. Being on Comedians in Cars getting coffee is like being on Jimmy Kimmel when right. you're making a Disney movie. Oh, and by the way, did you see Brie Larson hosted Jimmy Kimmel? Did every... Oh. Yes. Did you see her dress? Is that yeah. What you, yeah. Yeah. I was... I don't... She could, looked that good as Captain Marvel. I could not believe she wore that on TV. She looked incredible. For an hour. I'll yeah. To, I'll have to look that and then up. they And then other people had to be interviewed and have a conversation with her. Yes. While she had the most cleavage cleave I've ever seen in my life. Yes. I don't want to uh, go down a, uh, a creepy rabbit hole on this. No, but, but that was... But I didn't know she had that body. And I'm like, I, I was like, are they, is there stuff in the dress? Well, it was, um, I, it's like one of those things when you, I saw it on, uh, probably like YouTube, like a clip of it. And I was like, uh, there's no way this isn't trending right now on Twitter. Uh, and sure enough, <laughs> viewers stunned by Brie Larson's revealing dress on Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. I mean, and it was, yeah. Wow. <laughs> and you know, she looks like she's a very, um, intelligent woman who could have incredible discourse. That's all I'm going to say. Yes. Brie Larson's great. I, <laughs> I, I love her. I, she's I think awesome. She, I think she's fantastic. Um, I first noticed her on Community. She did a couple of episodes where she was dating Abed, and she was amazing in it. And then she was in, like, the 21 Jump Street, which I didn't like. And, she was you know, in um, Scott Pilgrim. She's in Scott Pilgrim, which I got her confused with Allison Pill. I always thought that uh, Brie Larson was the drummer in that band, yeah. but the girl. Oh no, she's the mean like. No, she's the uh, she's the, the pop star. Yeah, yeah. the mean ex girlfriend. Yeah, but, but um, the the girl um, who plays the drummer in that band is going to be in Picard. And she was in the newsroom for the longest time. Oh, I didn't see. She was um, uh, Maggie in the newsroom. Um, anyway, uh, kind of like to segue back into Rise of Skywalker mm-hmm. via Eddie Murphy. Someone made an inc- in, an interesting observation on Twitter that. Eddie Murphy's appearance on Saturday Night Live last night was very much like Rise of Skywalker in that it was a lot of a lot of Eddie Murphy doing the stuff that people remember him for yes. and mm. the, that that made them feel comfortable again. Yeah, which is yeah. like again, Rise of Skywalker was a yeah, lot. Yeah, because of- he did he did Gumby, he did yeah. Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood, he did Buckwheat, he did all of his characters. Yeah, you know, um, it would be like if Will Ferrell came hosted and did get off the shed and did the cheerleaders right you which know, he did i think he i think he brought sherry o'terry came back once for one of his previous for the cheerleaders yeah. yeah i was like wow holy crap it's sherry o'terry i just saw um uh, this is probably the least focused movie <laughs> one we've done in a long time <laughs> but i just saw will feller's audition and get off the shed was part of his audition oh wow so like it was something he was doing in the ground lengths yeah yeah but you're right it and i feel like there is this thing and it, maybe it's our generation but or just that there's so much content, but it's like, it feels like nostalgia is enough these days. 
you know, I what is it? It's nostalgia for us, but is it nostalgia? Like you, you brought your son to see it, right? I mean, yes, I did, and he was iffy on it. He loved Force Awakens. He didn't care. He did not like Rogue One. He didn't really care about Solo. And he's like, he was like, we dropped our younger son off at our friend's house, and like I even said to him, I wasn't mad at him or anything. I even said, look, if you want to get out of the car. You can just play with your friends, and we'll pick you up later. And he was like, eh, well, maybe. Um, but he did like it. But he's, yeah, it, Star Wars did not, like, blow up in his brain. Right, because, I mean, I looked at, like, again, well, with Rise of Skywalker, the thing that got me was in the very beginning, just stuff is happening, and it's cool-looking stuff. But if I'm already thinking that makes no sense, like uh, the moment the scene is over, yeah, it's not working. You know, there's a bunch of stuff like that. Um, this just hit me about Last Jedi now because I put on Force Awakens while I was setting up, and it starts with like Luke Skywalker is missing, nobody knows where he is, and I was like, wait a minute, Last Jedi, he's right where you fucking left him. Uh-huh. Like, he's in the place where he was training the Jedi that you sent the Jedi to for him to train. He just stayed there. And the whole galaxy is like, we don't know where he is for 20 years. Wait a minute. Years. The island he's on is where he was training Kylo Ren? Yeah, because when they flash back, it's still all those huts. Huh. Like, he so, tries to kill Kylo Ren in one they, of those They're huts. not really good at their job, then. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, how do you lose this? This is the most important well, fucking guy in the galaxy. And that was the thing. Was Rise of Skywalker, some of the stuff that bothered me was like... There were a lot of MacGuffins. And oh, they were, yeah. Tons they were of like, MacGuffins. hey, what's this thing on the floor? Oh, it's a magic dagger that leads us to a magic planet that'll lead us to a magic triangle that leads us to another oh, magic planet. Yeah. And it was like, that dagger especially bothered me that it was like, hey, it's lying on the floor. Oh, it's the key to everything. Right. Well, it, was like a, it was like a video game quest. Yeah. You know, that's what it felt yeah. like. And that was my problem with Rogue One. The third act just turns into a video game of like, hey, we have to disconnect the shield to run the... The thing to fight the guy to overhear, and it wasn't about character anymore. Well, when you think about it, the Mandalorian is nothing but a video game. Quest. Yeah, the He's... Mandalorian especially feels like a video game. Like go into the prison, and where this is the prison level where you break the guy out of jail, and then you get betrayed. It's like it feels like the mix between um, like a video game and an RPG. It... I really feel like well, I'm playing an RPG. Well, when video I'm games are trying to be more and more like movies. I feel like the Mandalorian at least has more character in it because you're breaking into the prison with Bill Burr. <laughs> Yeah, oh God, that's, yeah, that's that great. The moment yeah, he, we've had that argument. You don't right? like Bill the Burr? Moment, the moment he appeared on screen, I'm going, oh, it's that guy I hate. Oh, I didn't know you hated him. So, now, say, they, it was cast perfectly. Yeah. Because you hate him in that. Because I hate him. Yeah. I hated him the moment he showed up. And then as he was doing stuff, I just kept hating him. Then he touched Baby Yoda, which is not, you, you can't call him Baby <laughs> right. Yoda. So, you know, he's a child. But John Favreau will get angry at you if you call him Baby Yoda. Well, I have bad news for John Favreau. The entire internet calls that <laughs> thing Baby Yoda, so he might want to stay offline baby, for the next three and a half Yoda years. Baby Yoda is so ubiquitous that um, my uh, social media director at work, her job is to monitor everything, uh-huh. sends me a Baby Yoda meme every 90 minutes. Because oh, she's like, I found another one. I got to say, I'm a little... Uh, done with baby yoda i'm not i think it's just kind of like everyone relax it's just like i just feel bad about bill burr because you were attacking bill burr and i was like i was like no wait i love bill burr here's here's my favorite bit of bill burr from his special i'm in the audience yeah you're at that special i'm literally it's not i've seen that bit before i'm in that show 
you don't see me, but I'm in the audience. I'm like, this is great. And you're like, I hate this. No, it's like, I was like going, oh my God, his material is even worse than he is. <laughs> not not as in as in not funny. I, I thought the bit was- Oh, it's mean. Was, it's, it's just mean. very it's mean. It's like mean. a really mean funny. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm there going, okay, now I, I can see why John really likes this guy. It's the bit about uh, punching the muffins. Have you seen that bit? He that, has this whole bit where that he, was actually the least funny part. I mean, no, I'm sorry, the most funny part. Yeah. The part about uh, a couple, de- the couple de- degrees to the left. I'm on the news. Oh, you know, yeah, right, yeah. Down. The, when he he's driving in the car, in the yeah, car. he's yeah. like six he inches to the right, and yeah. he's on national. Love, the, the story he tells, he's at like some craft fair that yeah, he hates, I remember now. And this woman's made muffins, and he's like, "How many of these can I punch before anybody did anything?" Yeah, <laughs> and just making eye contact, just like bam, bam, bam. He, I, uh. I, I don't want to like his comedy, but I like his comedy. Well, <laughs> he know, said so uh, people are really mad because he usually shits on sci-fi. Yeah, he yeah. shits on Star Wars. Yeah, he nerds. shits on Star well, Wars. No, no, I he think... said he said John Favreau called him because they thought it'd be funny. Yeah, and he's he's like, you want to be honest? He's like, well, people hate me. I don't like this stuff. And he's like, yeah, it's kind of what makes it good. And it's bre- and the, and I saying that back to it was brilliant. It was brilliant casting because I hated the dude. Then yeah. he touched Baby Yoda, made a comment. I hated him even more. I wanted him dead by the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah, and you got. Your wish. You know. No, he wasn't. No, they were in a, trapped in a prison cell. Oh, that that's one. right. Because I'm trapped. there going, and I thought, wait, did he kill him already? I'm, I'm there going, this is too good a character to kill. The only You've one he got to bring him back. Yeah. I mean, I hated him. Yeah, but I'm like, you can't kill this character. Well, and that's where we are now. And uh, obviously, we're still talking about Rise of Skywalker, but they're starting to bring the characters back that you thought were gone. Yeah, yeah. Now, was... now that we're heading towards the end. And fucking How many more episodes are there? One. Oh, that's frustrating. One. So we get Rise of Skywalker now, and then on Friday we get Mandalorian, and then there is no Star Wars. Then there's no Then I go bit. back to finishing Rebels. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then, oh, uh, speaking of characters that they brought back that were like, like a Flash, uh, Wedge. Yeah, Wedge is in quick, there. Uh, makes a quick cameo in Rise yep, of Skywalker. Yep, he's flying an X-Wing with he, no helmet on. No, he was, uh, but he was also in the cockpit of the, uh, he was in the gunner turret of the Millennium yes. Falcon. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, there's yeah, a lot I of think old gonna... nine nub. You see, they updated yep. the alien yep. nine nub to this, look old. This is the last time uh, you'll see any of like the uh, either the original trilogy characters or the prequel characters. Yeah. So it's like this was kind of like their last shot to 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 bring any of these I guys. I thought they back were going to and... kill more characters than they did. I mean, when it looked like, remember they... we were talking, we thought they were going to kill C three PO, and you guys were all like, if they oh, kill C three PO, we riot. I was going to lose it, but I really did think they killed Chewbacca. I, yeah. I really. Really, I was like my shocked. Josh dropped. I was yeah. at, at I was with a, a buddy of mine, um, um, who he writes for like Ebert.com. He has his own podcast, which I'm sorry, David, I forgot the name of your podcast. Otherwise, I'd plug it right now. Uh, but he said when that happens, and mind you, that happens like in the first twenty minutes of the movie. Yeah. This is the press screening. He was ready to get up and walk out of the theater. At wow. That point. He was like, he was so upset and angry, and I was thinking. Holy, because I remember they killed Chewbacca in the in, in the, the books. books. Yeah, and I thought, and JJ's always very good about pulling. He's been pulling stuff out of the expanded. Well, universe. That's what yeah. I, I thought until mm-hmm. I saw this movie. I really thought they, that Ray and Kylo Ren. I thought they were Ray and Ren or so. I thought they were brother and sister because oh, yeah. of the yeah, I thought the, when she because the Chewbacca, of the Empire books. Right. I right. thought they were gonna like switch, and Although, that he was gonna be the good guy at the end, and she was gonna be the bad guy. Well, he does turn good, and then she gets close the yeah. way Luke does. Yeah, the only thing that dissuaded me from thinking they were, they were they were twins was like, well, she was gonna work for Hansel on the Millennium Falcon, and Leia's been training her. At one point, 
either her father or mother would have been like, hey, you're my kid, aren't you? Well, see, that's the thing, though. It kind of got me because there is that bit with Han and her in Force Awakens. Like, he seems to know something about her. Yeah. And I, I kept waiting for them to do like a reveal. Mm. Like, he goes, oh, he really likes you. Or he, I really like you. And he's like, maybe he's going, wait a minute. Hold on. There's something about you. Or I know this about you, but I'm not going to tell you Well, yet. and also just her physical casting. Wait a minute. They date they, they Daisy Ridley is a similar look to Natalie Portman and Carrie Fisher. So it's very easy to think that they're part of the same in, lineage cuz Nat, one of you know Natalie Portman is cast to be Carrie Fisher's mother, which was a good way to go. I, I remember, I'm sorry. No, uh, it's all right. You go. Cuz when they were doing I remember when they were doing the the first photograph of the cast reading that black and white photo that they ran in yes. Vanity Fair and you see all the cat, the casts, all in its great big circle. Yeah, it's like and, a big living room. They're all right. on the couches. And where is Daisy Ridley sitting next to Carrie Fisher and ha- Harrison Ford? And they're going, oh, wait a minute. There's something going on here. Mm-hmm. You know, later on, I mean, you go, well, Daisy Ridley and, Har- and Harrison Ford have a lot of scenes together. Sure. You can see them having together, being together. But I, I thought there was a hint right there. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, that's what she is. Right. But then you saw... Um, you saw like Harris, uh, Mark Hamill's on the other side with Max von Sydow, and yeah, and um, I don't th- was Adam Driver in that photo? I think there was one person yes. who couldn't make it in the. Uh, so, so, I don't think it was Adam Driver, yeah. but uh, yeah, but I remember going thinking. Although Adam that. Driver was busy, I think like yeah. Girls was still on, right. and but yeah, so I thought then, so this whole thing about the the Ray lineage, which so many people. Argued over in the Last Jedi, saying yeah. that she's nobody, and then of course J.J. Abrams says, "Okay, she was nobody, but the, your parents were nobody because they wanted you to be nobody, but you're actually Palpatine's granddaughter." And I didn't yeah. see that coming at all. Doesn't it seem actually? I, I, by the way, can I, who, who fucked Palpatine? Yeah, well, hey. I don't know if it was consensual. Excuse me, in, He's in a, a creep. Well, I, I asked the same thing about in Infinity. Remember that in the Infinity crossover that Marvel did a couple years back before Infinity War, mm. where oh, Thanos yeah. is Thanos going around killing humans. all his offspring. Yeah, I'm but like, I don't. Who the hell's fucking Thanos? I don't think <laughs> Thanos. I think Thanos is like cosmic. Uh, he's like Genghis Zeus? Khan. No, oh, no, no, I think he's like Genghis Khan. I think he's going around and raping. I think he's a mass. I mean, he's a mass he's genocide. He's killing half person. the people and raping the other. Half. <laughs> yeah, that's what oh. I'm saying. This is like guys a super creep. Question. So then you're on the planet going like, ah, kill me. Question. Oh. Uh, in the movie... He, just, he comes like, over with that knife, that balanced knife, but it's a big dildo. Ew. <laughs> Perfectly balanced. So wait a minute. You either take Thanos fuck or death. Death. Yeah, yeah death by First Thanos death by Thanos fuck. fuck. Yeah. Uh, back to... We're going long. That's it. This episode's going long. Back to Star Wars. Too much Eddie Murphy talking dildos. In, in the uh, Star Wars movie... Finn is going to say something to Ray before they die. Does yeah. he ever then tell her? No. no. It never says it. And I, that was one of the things that a lot of people got annoyed about, which I actually liked. Because that was yet another thing I did in my run on Ar- um, um, Ash um, um, Army of Darkness was there's a character that uh, becomes part of Ash's supporting crew that is always saying, I need you to tell so-and-so this. And she keeps getting cut off mm. every time she does that. And they're going, so you're always wondering, what was she going to say? What was she going to say? What was she going to say? Well, did anything? Huh? Was it something yeah, you didn't reveal? Some, yeah. okay. No, no, there's, it's never revealed, but I know in my own head what she was going to so say. So it wasn't just a joke of, ah, she... But it's like to me, it's like that whole set something up and then right. stop. So there, there was so much. See, there, I guess another reason why I kind of liked Rise of Skywalker. Uh, uh, I was debating this with myself because the whole thing, like with Ray being Palpatine's mm-hmm. granddaughter, I actually saw that. I was like, I, in my own head, I had two theories. One, she's related to Palpatine, 
you know, like she's the, 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 the daughter or the granddaughter. She was too young to be the daughter. Or she's another, uh, Palpatine went back and did that force magic stuff that he did to create Anakin in the beginning. Mm. And he did that again with Ray. So she was yeah, yet another version. Was that finally resolved? Because that's the thing that's not resolved in Phantom Menace, where like Shami is just like, I don't know, I got pregnant. No, no, but um, it, it's uh, like Jesus. Anna, no, but it's it, it's right? yes, that, immaculate that was, conception. That but was, it's a except uh, it's Jake Lloyd, yeah, and a Sith Lord a instead of a god or whatever. The 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 story version, or at least the in, kid who wanted Turbo Man. That's what, <laughs> <laughs> Turbo Man. I love Turbo Man. The worst writer. drinking game ever. Yeah. If I haven't told you that, we we did uh, we uh, our previous podcast, which I think you can still find on iTunes, is called Audio Commentaries of Audio Commentaries. And it's all comedians uh, listening to directors' commentaries on DVDs of terrible movies. No, oh, wow. And going like, really? That's what you thought you should do? And there's about 10 or 12 of them, but we did Jingle All the Way. And we made it a drinking game where you took a drink anytime someone said Turbo Man. And an hour into the movie, we had each drunk two bottles of wine. Holy crap. And finally I said, okay, only when Arnold says it. <laughs> and, and then you and get to that amendment. scene. Well, you get to that scene where he's screaming at Anakin Skywalker on the phone. Oh, it's always Turbo Man. Why Turbo Man? Turbo Man. Turbo Man. I'm tired of Turbo Man. And you can hear gulping. Because <laughs> look, you didn't kill each other. You know, it's like, it's just a lot of drinking. But anyway. It was dangerous. So yeah, <laughs> don't I, do that game. <clears throat> I think it was in an actual uh, uh, director's commentary that Lucas said the whole um, Anakin Immaculate Conception is his was his bit about that. A lot of folks think that the Immaculate Conception only exists in Christianity because mm-hmm. of Jesus, but that actually happens in many stories in many religions. It wasn't. Oh just yeah, Mary. sure. It's right. like the flood myth is in like Gilgamesh, it's, it's, a thousand years before the Bible's written. Right. I think it's all Bill Cosby, uh, just women passing out. Oh, geez. <laughs> hey, I, hey, I'm Emperor Palpatine. I want you to have a drink. But then, well, there's Palpatine again. There he is. But then, but then Palpatine in Revenge of the Sith, when they're when there's when uh, Anakin and him are uh, are watching the uh, space opera, the opera with the uh, Mon, Cal- Mon Calamari. That's a Mon Calamari opera. Um, he, he those said, are Mon Calamari. Yeah, those are Mon Calamari. Oh, what does that mean? The Admiral Akbar's. Yeah. Oh. Um, he goes. Um, the whole opera's a trap. <laughs> he talks about uh, immortality. He goes. There are many. There are many. Um, he goes. There, there's uh, the Darth Plagueis the Wise. That's in the story of Darth Plagueis the Wise. That he learned how to create life. Yeah. Right. So, so it's, he's essentially saying, I, my old master learned how to do it. He somehow did it. I killed him, and ever since then, I've been looking for that. The, the, the result of what he did, and he finally discovered it in Anakin. He discovered Anakin, but then Anakin is mutilated, right. so he doesn't do it. Because he's like, I'm not going to go in this broken cyborg body. Right. Oh, he was going to so put his he, like, mind in Anakin's yes, body? Yes, and then he wanted to do it to Luke, and that's the whole reason That's the whole reason he was trying to get Luke to get angry and strike him down, because I, I was just reading about this. like if you, get, if you kill someone in anger, you've given yourself to the dark side. Mm. So you have to give yourself over to the dark side so he can take you over. Right. And that's what he tries to do to Rey. Oh, I see. And then, and then That's he, also what Snoke is doing in Last Jedi. Right. And then he then... And uh, again, I need to see the movie again because the theater I was in, they, were having, they had all the sound effects, the splashy, splashy, boomy, boomy, mm. so loud I couldn't hear the dialogue. Mm. Oh, well, we... we uh, mm. 
we had three trailers with no picture. We oh. had we had um, a half an hour. It was a of lot trailers. of subwoofer just wow. blasting at. Because uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry, because then Palpatine is talking about the whole thing, the two, um, the two parts of the, the 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 of the you know of the Force, the light side and the dark, and mm. how they are combined and how they can restore him and this weird all this again, all this exposition is happening at the end, which you know. Abrams is throwing in yeah. to kind of like explain and wrap it tie up, wrap it up. everything yeah. together. Yeah. He's trying to tie everything together. All of a sudden, Khan's in it. Yeah, <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch is Khan. What? He was in one of those robes in the crowd. He's next to Olympia while Miranda. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and I swear, I kept waiting. actually in his Doctor Strange. <laughs> yeah, I kept waiting for um, Hayden Christensen to come running in for the save because you know they were bringing. I'm thinking, oh, they're bringing everybody. Back. I actually, I thought so when that, the, the whole uh, scene the ghosts. Where- Oh, she was hearing all the voices. I'm yes. Like, Are we going to have like a bunch of ghosts of I Jedi cle- show up? I clearly heard Samuel Jackson and Liam Neeson in that yeah, scene. Yeah, you hear everybody. And I was wondering. He's in it. Yeah. Hayden I was wondering if Hayden yeah. Christensen was in it. Yeah. He does. Uh, I read later on because again, I need to hear it again. But um, he he did a he did a, a voice for that. Voice yeah. For that. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the whole thing again with all the retconning and all the cool stuff, you know, I, I, I was able to forgive a lot of that. You know, because to me, finally, they didn't kill everybody that I loved. They didn't kill 3PO. Remember, it wasn't right. crazy was about very, that. very, very upset. You know, they and did. I did like Babu Freak. Babu Freak was fun. <laughs> oh, that little guy, yeah. He was, he was great. He was like, oh. oh, I've seen the movie. I was like, hey, I'm Babu who's, Freak. Who's yeah. pa- uh, uh, Poe Dameron's girlfriend? Oh, that was Carrie Russell. Yes, Carrie Russell. Who's Carrie Russell? For, she was in The Americans and, and uh, Felicity. Felicity. She was with J.J. Abrams in the very beginning when J.J. Hmm. Abrams, you know, started yeah. running for Yeah, that show. was his first show. She did, a, uh, she did a show with Will Arnett that didn't last but she's been around a long time. She yeah. always works. Uh, and I was surprised she never took her helmet off. Because yeah. she's a pretty... First of all, she's gorgeous. Right. Um, and she's a pretty big name and a good actress. So, like, you That's see her I eyes. Really yeah. I, I didn't know who it was. Well, so. at the end, when he nodded, I was like, well, she's got to take her helmet no, off. And yeah. she doesn't. Yeah. I think that was, again... he. This, that was J.J. Abrams, again, doing... Ryan Johnson. I'm going to think you're going to go this way, but I'm going to go that way, this way, that way. Except for, I'm sorry, and and uh, this is another thing that I've I heard somebody kind of ranting on. Although I'm kind of on their side about this, but I'm sorry. The 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 hashtag Raylo movement on on uh, Twitter kind of what does that made mean? this? Oh, the shipping them, the shipping of 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 Kylo Ren and and and, uh, and Ray. Ray. Oh, see, I thought it was well, weird that they kiss at yeah. the end. I they was kiss, like... which to me was like I. Why did they do that? She does that long stare into his eyes, and I'm not going, don't kiss him. Don't kiss him. You better not kiss him. And then she kisses him. I'm going, that makes no sense. Yeah, like I said, I thought they were brother and sister until I was in the theater. Yeah, but Luke and Leia were making out, so it's like it's a Star Wars tradition. There was a great joke to go back again to the Eddie Murphy um, Saturday Night Live. They did a... they did a joke on Weekend Update saying uh, the first gay kiss in, Sc- in Star Wars happens in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, right at the very end, yeah. Right at the end, he goes, which is odd because it starts with incest. Yeah. <laughs> it does. But, yep. And 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 uh, so I'm like, I thought the kiss was weird. I thought like she was supposed to be with. Um, well, I guess because like, they were triangle. so they were so connected through the force. And he does. I did buy his redemption. Oh, actually, I totally yes. bought his. I totally bought the. Yeah, and you know what helped that is uh, yeah. uh, Han Solo coming back was. Yeah, you know who is that. not a Force ghost because, like, he even says, "I." Your he, memory. he even says, "You're a memory." He's like, "Yeah, but I'm your memory." Yeah, because everybody else comes back as a Force ghost. Right. That was probably my favorite scene. It was yeah. done so well. I forgot 
you know, when you get a really good actor like Harrison Ford and Adam Driver, who are both really good actors, you yeah. put them together, that, that the scene of his death in um, The Force Awakens is like, it hits you, you know? Oh, I mean, yeah. I, every time I watch it, I'm like, oh my God, I can't. You know, this is too much because, you know, Harrison reaches out and he touches, you know. No, it's a mirror yeah. Yeah. scene. And then they mirror that again. And then and it's a whole thing. He, he goes, and then Han Solo goes, I know. Like he said, he wants to tell oh, that yeah, I love cool. you because I know. And they're going, which is the which is the Empire Strikes Back moment. Yeah, yeah. and they're going, man, that was so well done. I mean, I thought that was perfect. And um, I, and again, when I saw that, I'm like, Indiana Jones five. <laughs> uh, I'm taking it. Give it to me. Yeah, let's Spielberg do it. and Harrison Ford. No Lucas. I don't care how old he is. Uh, I I hate to say it, but Lucas will be involved in this one. They just they just said Did he, they? he's going to be an executive producer on Indy five. That means he's just going to get a paycheck. He'll be hopefully. involved. I don't want him as an executive producer of the Indy five hundred. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's another bit about with, with Rise of Skywalker. There's that scene. Oh, but then yeah, the yeah, I, I bought the whole Kylo thing because that's that bit when when um I, I although I thought he was dead when Ray like skewers him because there I was going oh wow that oh yeah was, he is it, but I, then she baby Yoda she him. brings him back yeah and I'm there going I, I was going I because the whole time um. You would think you think that J.J. Abrams is going to be risky, quote unquote risky, like Liam, uh, not like Liam, like Ryan Johnson was in in the Last Jedi. Yeah. But he's like he would okay. I'm going to fake you this way. No, I'm not going that way. I'm going this way. No, I'm not. He kept faking out the fake out, mm-hmm. and then you have this sort of resurrection of Kylo Ren. So his old like Kylo Ren dies in that. But then when Ray has to like resurrect him, he comes back as Ben. And I'm there, and to me, I'm like going, yes, that makes sense. That really makes sense. And that's to what me. she says to him. She's like, "Hello, Ben." Yes. Yeah. So I have a couple of questions. In the same way that Vader becomes Anakin when he takes the helmet off, right? Um, Let me look at you with my own eyes. The lightsaber that uh, Ray gets in the Force Awakens is Luke's lightsaber from. A New Hope. That is never explained. It is never explained. Although the original open to The Force Awakens was supposed to be, um, you see, instead of a ship, you see the saber itself with a hand attached to it tumbling through space. And then it goes up to a, it goes to a planet and the thing as it's tumbling through, the hand burns off. And the lightsaber itself just strikes the ground, and someone finds it. Wow! All right, so the... see, I thought you, I thought you were going to say it opens with Maz Kanata with a broom at the bottom of Cloud City. <laughs> oh. Ooh. Ooh. All right, so that saber got lost in Empire right. somewhere in Cloud City, and then somehow got well. To when, Ray. when Luke's hand is chopped off, it's still holding the saber. Right. So, right. and that's why in Return of the Jedi he has a green lightsaber because he has to he make, to a, make new a new one. one. Right. So but, uh, somehow so, it ended up he got somehow got from Cloud City to Ray to no to Maz Kanata. Yeah, because Maz Kanata in Force Awakens she gives oh, it to her. She well, she had the, it in the box. Yeah, in the box. Okay. Yeah. So that's fine. So uh, where uh, where does Luke's lightsaber from Return of the Jedi go? The green one. Mm-hmm. He's still well. He, they they invented Leia's lightsaber, and I was like, oh wait, well, she oh, built a we'll new see, one. Yeah, yeah but was, uh, it's never been mentioned right. in any, anywhere else. And and you, I, which oh by the way, it's almost a different point. But um, speaking of things that were invented that could have been something else, like she uh, Ray could have used the green lightsaber. Yeah. Um, the the new character of Janna. Yeah. Good actress, but Rose was standing there doing nothing. Who's Janna? Janna was the, the, the one with the goggles. The 
black girl. She had like kind of the big like nappy oh, afro. The, oh, or the other the, the, the uh, stormtrooper on top girl. of the star yeah. destroyer. Which yeah. after I went, I guess there's atmosphere. Then I loved it. Um, but they like introduce her halfway in the movie, and then she's helping out. And it's like, but you had this character that you spent a long time introducing, Last Jedi, who basically just has exposition in this movie. Yeah, that, that's another complaint about it that they feel like because so many people, quote unquote, hated Rose that JJ decided to sideline erase her, her and sideline her. Oh, but they show her like she gets more screen time than like Jar Jar gets in and Revenge, Revenge of, the of the Sith. Sith. Yeah. So it's not like she's erased. I I just didn't understand the reason to create a new character, especially because right. her skill is she brings horses with her. And I'm like, we had a whole horse riding scene in Last <laughs> Jedi right. where, they, where they stole all the racehorses. Yeah. All right. So uh, the green, so Leia's lightsaber in the flashback, that's just a, a, a completely new lightsaber. That's one that she built. Before. Yes. All right. And yeah, then, they show it in the flashback scene, but we've never seen and, it and ever then, before. But wasn't that lightsaber green or was luke had his green saber hers was scene. blue i believe hers blue, blue but then ray has a yellow one at the well, very yeah. end yeah. which reminded me of the original kenner luke action right. figure ah and so i wonder if jj wow. was like yeah let's let's was go like way back yeah. growing up as a gen x kid you always thought luke had a yellow, yellow lightsaber. lightsaber so we were talking about this when we were kids growing up i'm looking at the millennial in the room uh the when before even Star Wars wasn't even on VHS until after Return of the Jedi came out. And it didn't air on TV until Return of the Jedi came out. So you could only see it in the movie theaters. And maybe you had the Marvel comics, and maybe you had some of the records, but really what you had were the Kenner action figures. So, Or you could get so they got ingrained. A, a, a 10-minute reel. Remember that 16-millimeter 10-minute reel? Oh, like to run in your projector? your projector of Star Wars. I had the Star yeah. Wars story on vinyl, which was like all the dialogue. Yeah. But really, most of my generation's and Ellie's generation's memories of Star Wars are the Kenner action figures. Yeah. So I did think that was an homage to go like, you grew up thinking Luke had a yellow lightsaber. Here's a yellow lightsaber. Uh, so at the last fight in the movie, Ray has two lightsabers. Yeah. That was yeah. Luke's, Luke's and, and Leia's. Leia's. Yeah. But it was Luke's from A New Hope. Yes. Yes. Okay. So it wa- it really was Anakin's because right because Aiden Christensen same, has that in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Okay. So. so then she buries those lightsabers on Tanoine at Luke's house. Yeah. And then she pulls she, out her she, own. She pulls out a, a yet another yellow lightsaber. That's one that she built. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's kind of like it, so she's just, owning herself, which is why at the very end she says she's a Skywalker because she's claiming who she is she's no longer right she's no longer worried about where did i come from and who has ownership yeah i mean she's on not gonna identity. be like uh i'm ray palpatine that'd be like being yeah, that like, old woman would beat her to death well i think it's like because my <laughs> my brother when we got out of the movie he's like why it's did like she... walking around saying i'm tiffany trump well i was gonna say it's <laughs> oh wow i was talking my my brother got out of the movie and, and he's like why didn't she say she was ray palpatine and i'm like It'd be like saying I'm Ray Hitler. Yeah. It's like Palpatine is Hitler in this. I'm sticking with Tiffany Trump. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> the, uh, another interesting thing about the being related, and this is something I thought was very clever in at, with the Billy D. William with uh, Lando and that the new character Jana, is that um, at the end. She goes, I don't know who I am, and then oh yeah, I thought like oh, Lando, it's like where are you from? His, and they're yeah, they're from the trying, same planet. Yeah, yeah. And then Lando turns, and goes, well, why don't we find out? And I thought, yeah. oh, they're setting up like they can spin off this character, like she can have adventures with Lando. Yeah. That's not a bad Disney Plus idea. Yeah, but but Disney Plus, I find out later. Apparently, this is in the Star Wars Visual Dictionary that 
um, Lando actually thinks that this could be his, his daughter. daughter. Yeah, see, I thought that too. And then I'm there going, seriously? I always make jokes that people think every all black people in Star Wars are related. And then and they now, do this shit. Now they're going and but doing look, it. Yeah. But, but look, even before we saw Donald Glover's Lando, we knew he got around. <laughs> no, that's fine. But and like, you know he was raw dogging it. There's like, oh, wow. there's like six black people in the galaxy. They, yes. you know what I mean? It's like it's kind of silly that they were like. But by the way, his daughter, the best people in the galaxy. Yeah. yeah, two of the six people are Samuel L. Jackson and Billy D. Williams. And, and then, and then, of course, everyone was saying that about the uh, uh, Finn in the beginning. And that they're, oh, he's he's Lando's son. Yeah, because he was the other black person. The other black person. I'm like, oh, come on. Folks. Well, I do also love the idea that um, I think the Mandalorian really put the finger on it when they showed Finn was a stormtrooper. People were up in arms. They're like, no, the stormtroopers are clones. They're all Jango Fett. Why is this a black stormtrooper? And there have been hints, but the Mandalorian just puts a finger on. They're like. We ran out of clones. And in fact, Star Wars Rebels showed that the clones that are left over from the Clone Wars, and this is before A New Hope, they're all old. Yeah, because they, they age much quicker. They're exactly yeah. like the Yurikai in Lord of the Rings. Right. Because they're uh, the orcs that Saruman builds, the giant orcs, because by Return of the King, they're all old. Because they're aged so fast to get out of childhood oh. that they only live a few years. So it's like, yeah, we ran out of clones. We weren't going to buy so more clones. So we just clones. started conscripting from so, every world we conquered. Yeah, right? we just started like stealing It's like if everybody. you fit into a stormtrooper suit, you're a stormtrooper. Hence the bad aim, because half of them can't shoot. Right. Yeah. And and he even says, like they even say in one of the scenes, they're like, we're going to need more children. They're like, we need more stormtroopers to so start kids. grabbing yeah. more children. That's what Jana says. Like, oh, yeah. We were all children that were stolen. They, yeah. Right. Yeah, but then the one girl, Poe's girlfriend, said like, oh, they stole all the kids. Yes. Like that the Empire just goes around just snatching kids from And planets. I did love that one alien that looks outside his door and he's like, oh, fuck! <laughs> and he just <laughs> slams the door. All right, can someone explain to me how the hell a Star Destroyer ends up over Endor? Yeah, I, I, it was like, like it seemed like the whole fleet was there, but it, it was that homage to the special edition Return of the Jedi. Yeah, where they're but, like here's all the planets you know, and the Empire is destroyed yeah, there but too. How did, how did the Star Destroyer end up in the sky? Because the two things because they I, were there, because <laughs> the death the wrecked Death Star was there. They were okay. already on that planet. There then was no how, Star Destroyer. Okay, then how does it end up outside of Bespin in Cloud City? That I don't know. And they're going, what's going on here? And I, I, I felt bad for the Ewoks. Yet again, more shit's going to fall on their heads. The, yeah, well, <laughs> I was like, why don't we see one at the cloning facility go into the ocean? Yeah, going into the it's ocean. It's like, just show every planet. Yeah. Wait, so what, those were um, Star Destroyers? Yeah. The, yeah. The, the, but the, they were like the ones, they were, they were the, the first the, order Star Destroyers. The first Destroyer, order yeah. Star Destroyers. Weren't they, don't they control all those planets? Well, they did, but I'm saying the big fight at the end mm -hmm. was with this final fleet, you know, the final order fleet. Yeah. Right? We have these, which. Massive. Massive fleet, which, the, and again, this is back to the, the whole thing. J.J. Abrams came up with all this cool stuff that, re, as you're watching it, makes no sense. One, okay, he had this fleet hidden here this whole time, but two, there were so many ships and they were all under the ice because you see all of a sudden you right. don't see anything in the air. And then these star destroyers mm. come, come up from under J. the ice. J.J. Abrams like spaceships that are underneath under, things. Underwater, under ice. Whatever, like Star Trek Into Darkness yeah. opens with oh, like, he comes the Enterprise out of the cloud. in the ocean. Yeah. Remember they did where the, yeah. the Starship Enterprise yeah. lifts out of the clouds? He loves that vision. But in yeah. the beginning of Star Trek Into Darkness, they're hiding the Enterprise un in Underwater. the ocean of the planet. Yeah. yeah. And they pull it up. So he, yeah, he loves. Well, also, 
I thought it was like, oh, that's a lot of storage service. How do they staff them all? Well, exactly. The, how not only because I was like, did you start the clones? Up? But hang on a second. There's hundreds of those massive ships. Yeah. Yes. Not only are they all staffed, and by they all people, have a Death Star cannon on them. Right. They all have a Death Star. They cannon, were yeah. all built in secret by many, I, many, 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 many people. I thought they were left over. I no, I thought these were like he's been doing this for like. No, decades. I thought they were in the ice because they were left over from the Empire, and it was like this fleet that they had forgotten about oh. which is actually a big part of air to the empire I'm, i've been rereading those comics and there's that like yeah. magical fleet that uh thrawn is trying to get because right, then it'll right. take over the empire right. and again with the first the first order i still have a problem with like in force awakens i never quite wrapped my head around it, it was like okay the rebellion started the new republic and now that's the established and, government. Yeah, and now the first order is the rebellion, but it seemed like they had already taken over everything. And they they and they're acting like they're the ones in charge. Well, yeah, and, yeah. See, and even to the point where the quote unquote they didn't new, feel like underdogs, right? And to the the the, the quote unquote new republic senate is they're like, oh, well, we don't know if we should support the resistance. It's like. It's the like resistance you, is the government. It's the government. You That's be, what's yeah. very confusing about these sequels is that it's it's very much like the the larger politics of Star Wars no longer makes sense because the uh, Pose team or whatever the re rebels yeah. they still feel like rebels but they're supposed to be the government. They're supposed to be the then the yeah. new order it's like you there guys is no government basically it's just there there's the basically it's like this, factions there's this tea party fascist army that's running through the galaxy and everybody's afraid of them except for like six people yeah the biggest retcon moment i think in rise of skywalker is they mention it a bunch of times is in last jedi a crate no one answers the call to help them. right and then in rise of skywalker they're like everybody answers the call to help them. it's because they had billy d williams well, apparently, that yeah. was like, hey, everybody, meet me at the galaxy. Yeah, it's secret planet. Yeah, it's Billy secret planet. Well, hang on yeah. a second. If Billy Williams called you and said, meet me at the laundromat, and that laundromat from that Key and Peele sketch, you'd be there. Because he'd probably have Colt 45s with him. Oh, my God. Uh, he'd have good stories. So, wait a minute. The planet, the secret Sith planet that they went to, they had a follow Ray who was in an X-Wing that she left a specific chart on how to get there that was like through... That's another question I had. Why did Kylo Ren and Rey fight over the triangle? Kylo Ren had already been there. So it's like just... Well, stop to stop her just from make getting it. Kylo, yeah, but just make Kylo Ren tell you. Like, why, why fight over this MacGuffin that's going to lead you to a place where we've already been to in this story? Yeah. Like, because she gets to the same part where the platform comes down and there's all these statues and there's, you know, 500 Sith in a stadium who I don't think any of them were real. I think they were all force projections. Oh, I, I thought all those guys were real. I don't know. I, I, I was like, what are all from? these people? They've just been to just ha hanging out here with the emperor on a stick. Just, you know? waiting, <laughs> just waiting for him to just threaten. Just Just waiting <laughs> for him to threaten a girl. Yeah. They're all going, where's the, where's the hot dog guy coming around? <laughs> yeah. You know, we're in the it was weird. Let's get to go. Yeah, there was a lot of just like, hey, all these people are here, sure. and this is happening. Yes. And yet, despite all that, still my second favorite of the Star Wars. Oh yeah, I, I liked it. <laughs> I mean, I I liked I, and you know what? I like this as a trilogy. I like that um, it feels nice and familiar in Force Awakens. Then it just starts challenging you and fucking with you, and then it but it resolves everything well. So I feel like Last Jedi is going to be more enjoyable to watch now because the, the because things you know you, where it fits because the things you have problems with, you're like, okay, well, Rise of Skywalker is going to resolve that, and I thought they resolved most of it in a satisfying way. Most of the problems I have are are like nitpicky, like how do we get to this planet and why do we need this object, uh, you know, and why are we hunting for a guy where we know where we left him. 
Um, those were all minor things. Those aren't those aren't theme or tone or execution or even pacing. Yeah, you know, I I enjoy this as a trilogy. I'm totally fine walking away, and I'm fine if the rest of Star Wars is different versions of Mandalorian. Yeah, I'm kind of curious because um, every every Star Wars movie has and and all the shows every everything everything Star Wars that's been on uh, a screen is all uh, very similar. Do you know what I mean? Even the Mandalorian is like it's right after Return of the Jedi, so it's like there's stormtroopers. It feels like Star Wars. I'm like, what on earth does the next movie look like? Well, I would argue that the prequels don't feel like Star Wars. They do, and I think it's just like to me, other than the John Williams music and it, the fact that they use a few trappings like but there's lightsabers, lightsabers, there's lightsabers and robes, but other than that, robots, they feel like com- to me, they feel like completely different, uh, completely different science fiction franchises. Hmm. Uh, well, I just I can't imagine what whatever the next Star Wars movie is. Yeah. What on earth does that look like? And what what is Disney doing? Disney doesn't know. I mean, Disney, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. You know, Disney's talking to both Ryan Johnson and Kevin Feige. Yeah, and and you know, John Favreau is coming up with more, and then there's shows. I mean, Star Wars is going to exist. Yeah, I don't you know? think any if any if it the <laughs> anyone who thinks that they're not making any other Star Wars movies are probably the same people that thought when DC Comics killed Superman that he was going to stay dead. Yeah. It's like, really? <laughs> Billion dollar franchise. Disney yeah, we're just, done. Disney just built a park. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they didn't like, buy Star Wars to end the fucking franchise. There are two Millennium Falcons in America that you can buy a ticket to go on. Yeah. They're not walking away from Star Wars. Right. Yeah, I remember that I was going, oh. As I'm watching... Uh, Rise of Skywalker, I'm going up. Oh, there's an action figure. There's an action figure. Oh, wait. There are some new locations for the Star uh, for the Star Wars Rise at Disneyland. And wouldn't you believe it? They've already updated Star Tours with uh, the, the, the planet and the Endor system where they had the water. The, um, the oh, the ocean. Yeah, the with ocean, the Death Star Wars. You know, yeah, there, and they already have that one in Star Tours. Oh, there wow. were rumors or there were fans asking for light speed skipping now. Which was really cool. Oh, that was cool. Yeah. It's like, that's what, and it's, that's what, it like. It felt like Star Tours, though, when I was watching it. I mean, yeah. Right, and yeah. it's like, how easy would it be to put that in Star Tours? And honestly, that's a way to keep Star Tours vital when you've built a whole park next to it. And I, because or, it'd be very easy for people to just stop going to Star Tours, because here's the Millennium Falcon and the Rise of the Resistance. And you can do that on the, the Smuggler's Run, too. You can start updating that. So yep. it's a different mission. Yeah. You know, yeah. Instead of that same mission that they do, you know, on Keep a it fresh. Basis. Yeah, because when we went to Disney two years ago, um, we went on Star Tours twice, and both times it was it was Finn, different. It was Finn and Poe Dameron. Oh, you had the same one. And Kylo Ren. We had the same ones. We thought they had updated it all for Force Awakens, but apparently it's randomized. It's random. Yeah, we went on I think three times, and we got uh, both versions. Oh, did you? Yeah. So um, it's cool. Yeah, I but I did like the idea of light speed skipping because Han warns Luke about that in Star Wars. He's like, we can bounce right into a meteor or blast yeah. into a Star Wars. What's that flashing? And then he hits him. Um, yeah, that is a but like, Poe Dameron's yeah. like, nope, we're doing it. And then, then he comes out, he's like, it's all on fire. It's just on fire. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Well, that, yeah, him and Ray bickering was really cool. I love that. Yeah, love that's that. why well, I thought finally... they were doing this like, uh, this like love triangle between the three of them. You know what I mean? And then she kissed what's his name at the end, and I was like, "Wait a minute! What? I thought she was going to be with one of these other." Well, dudes. that's the thing. I felt like they hadn't really developed the relationships between them until now. It's like Finn, uh, Finn's connected to Podamaron in the beginning, and then he becomes connected to Ray uh, for the rest of the movie, and then in last year they're just split up. 
So it's like we never, in fact, um, they said Colin Trevorrow asked to have a scene where Poe Dameron comes up to Ray and they meet and says, hi, I'm meet. Poe Dameron because they hadn't met for yes. two movies. Wait, so was, Ray and Poe Dameron don't, don't meet? meet until the end of Last Jedi. What? They yeah. don't. They don't. They, That's crazy. It's they, like uh, they, well, they have, they, it's not like they ha- they officially meet because remember there's that whole bit at the end of The Force Awakens where they're talking about her and then everything resolves itself and then, you know, uh, but then, and they're, they're all kind of together but then they suddenly have to evacuate the planet. Remember, right? And then, um, and and Ray's already off to see. Um, Ray goes to see Luke. Luke. She doesn't yeah. join the. Re- she doesn't join the resistance. Huh. Yeah. She just goes right off to Luke because when Last Jedi opens, Finn's in a coma and Poe Dameron's on the ship, and Ray's with Luke. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we never had we never had them grouped together until now, yeah. and it was really fun to also put Chewie and C-3PO and apparently BB-8 just took R2-D2's job because yeah. there's a scene where they're yeah, like R2-D2's they're like, in it you're and then, not, like they're like you're not coming and then BB-8's around because yeah. it's like and then there's like here's, and here's another droid the little, yeah, the little Coney droid. droid. And I will say... Who, by the way, who was traumatized, which I, was, I, yes. I liked. I, he was I, like, no, thank you. Yes. I mean, I was like, that was another another little character moment that was in there where it's, yeah, it's 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 Dio who's essentially a Sith droid you yes. know, created for the Sith. He was programmed to bring her to Palpatine. Palpatine, but, uh, but was abused, yeah. you know? And I'm there going, and then the way he's reacting and the way Ray was reacting, I'm like going, I love this moment here, you yeah. know? And I'm there going, a nice, sweet this is great, you know? And so, actually, we're getting that in The Mandalorian now with IG-11. IG IG-11, they're like, he's... Pr- where Mandalorian, you're caught oh, up, right? Yeah, he's Mandalorian's like, he's programmed to kill the baby. And uh, Nick Nolte's like, no, it's been reprogrammed. No, it's been reprogrammed. Yeah, and it's good. like, and it's nature versus nurture. Yeah. I was just listening to Unspooled, um, which is Paul Shear's podcast about the AFI 100, and I love that podcast. They did Star Wars this week, and they get into an argument about whether droids are sentient. And Paul Shear's like, they're not sentient. He's like, C-3PO's not data. And I'm like, no, he totally is. Uh, I was just they're saying, totally sentient. All the droids in Star Wars are sentient. They answer that in Solo. Remember the whole thing with them? L- oh, yeah. L-337. She's yep. saying, droids rights. You know, you, you, you're a person. You're, you know, she says, I, this is who I am. You know, yeah. I am. Yeah. And by the way, now that I've seen Fleabag, now that's one of my favorite droids because Phoebe Waller-Bridge is amazing. Yeah. So I, I that I loved that they did that too. That it was one of those bits that they threw in, and and it, back to outweighing all the other goofy stuff. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah, I I really enjoyed it. Like I'll never be the Star Wars fan I was when I was a kid. I think there's like there was that window when Star Wars and Empire came out that that's all that existed. Superheroes stopped existing for me when Star Wars came out. Like I was. I was super, super huge into the Adam West Batman when I was like three, four. And then Star Wars came out when I was five. And Batman just went away until The Dark Knight Returns came out. And then he re- The Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, and in fact, I didn't even get back into DC because I started reading Marvel because Marvel was publishing Indiana Jones and Star Wars. And I was like, okay, I trust this publishing company. So, okay, I'll pick up Spider-Man and I'll pick up the X-Men because my friends are saying X-Men is good. And I didn't know who they were. But DC didn't exist because DC was something I liked before Star Wars came out. So um, I'm never going back to that. Yeah. I just, I know it. Uh, You know, um, I'm always going to be a casual Star Wars fan. It's like every now and then I buy a figure if it looks cool. I do see all the movies right away. I usually buy them on digital. But I'm not, I'm not deep hardcore anymore. Um. But I am in a much happier place than like when the prequels were coming out or when Clone Wars was on Cartoon Network. I couldn't even stay with it. 
Well, maybe that's the, the kind of like the, the attitude Disney should have moving forward, which is the whole, okay, you know what? We gave all, we gave you all your nostalgia. We gave you all the stuff that made you comfortable. Da, da, da. Boom, here it is. We're going to give you a 27-disc collector box, which apparently that's what they're going to do now with all Oh, because the they did the big yeah. Infinity War box. But who's buying discs? They gave us an app that has all right. of it. Yeah. We're going to do that for you. Boom. And now everything moving forward from here, we're going to do it with you know the kids in mind. You know, because that's essentially what Lucas always said. Star Wars was supposed to be for kids. Well, and that and, was his defense of the prequels because right. the older fans all hated the prequels, but kids did like it. Yeah, yeah my nephews were uh, real young when those movies come out. They loved those movies as kids. And I'm like, you guys have no idea what a good movie is. You guys are idiots. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, but they were seven, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's but like, we, but yeah. come on, we're all, I'm, I'm looking forward to you and McGregor's Obi Wan. Oh, and that is, is I, I am uh, the most excited for is, yeah. is him as uh, like an, uh, a younger, older Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, yeah, especially seeing how well the Mandalorian has done. I have so much faith in Disney plus. I mean, Marvel has shuttered their television division. So, you know, Jeff Loeb's out of a yeah, job. Yeah, which is fine. I think I was like... I, I think we're I, in a better place. Everyone was like so <laughs> surprised by that announcement. I'm like, what did you think was going to happen when they announced nine new shows for a completely separate app? And they canceled everything that... Yeah, it's like they, they shut down the Netflix. It's yeah. like, what did you... What did, they what shut did down Jeff Netflix. Loeb think was going to happen? They ended Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. There were a couple of shows... They ended Cloak and Dagger... Which uh, I saw season one of that and it was pretty good. Runaways, but all I of didn't it. see. Se- yeah, and then and honestly, none of that stuff is going to matter. They're going to reboot all those characters in their own thing. They'll have nothing to do with the MCU. Yeah, I, I will. I will admit, if Cloak and Dagger showed up in a Sony Spider-Man movie and they were different actors, I don't think anybody. would No care. one would know. Yeah. No one would notice. Yeah. Well, I just saw there was a celebrating Stan Lee special on ABC and Clark Gregg hosts it, and. Uh, Clark Gregg comes out and makes a joke. He's like, I'm the guy who has to die for the Avengers to live. And everybody's like, yeah. And I'm like, you're still telling people your character's dead. Yeah. It's like after six years of your television show on a special on the network that showed your television show, yep. you're still telling people that your character's dead. So that's how much impact those shows have had. Um, but the Mandalor- if the Mandalorian is an inkling of everything we're going to get. Then we're yeah. gonna be spoiled, and let's let's take time between stars. I yeah, think stars movies, stars movies should be events. They were like stars movies should feel um, like the, like the Tolkien movies. I was just saying yesterday it was like it was around Christmas, and I'm like, I want to watch Lord of the Rings, and I realized that became a tradition for a while. Yeah, was the Tolkien movies would come out of Christmas, the three Lord of the Rings and the three Hobbits, and. At the time when Lord of the Rings was huge and the figures were coming out, I remember going, this is the next Star Wars. This is the only property we have that can be, that can have the life of Star Wars. These books are 50, 60 years old. People love them. These movies are winning Oscars and taking over the, the box office. This is going to be our next thing. And when those movies stopped, it just kind of went away. It just kind of went back to being the books and the people that are into it were into it. There was nothing like Star Wars. Yeah. Well, Star Trek could... And the right hands get there. Yeah, but Star Trek has never been as popular as Star Wars. At its height, which I think is the mid-90s, when you had original series movies, Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager and the Wings. Still, what? none of those movies have ever... They've never even been on the top 10 of the year. They've always appealed to their hardcore fans. They've been medium-budget movies. And I love Star Trek. Right, right. Like, I've seen them all... Probably as much as Star Wars, but I know their appeal isn't as widespread as Star Wars. But if, if they their legacy, it, yes, I think too, because Star Wars again has always also 
had this great angle towards kids, the cartoons yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Star Trek never did that. And now they're starting to push that a little more. The closest, I think, is when J.J. Abrams did that first Star Trek. I remember thinking, sitting in the theater going, oh, my God, this is what Star Trek looks like when it has a Star Wars budget. Because mm-hmm. that was the first big budget Star Trek movie. Mm-hmm. But then the next two movies, you know, when the second movie was a real disappointment. And then third movie didn't make money. And it just kind of slid they back. the fourth one? They are. They're making a fourth one with Chris Pine, and Quentin Tarantino was talking about making one, but oh. I think that's not going to happen now. But you know, but, um, but there's there's two shows on CBS. I can't right. wait for Picard. Yeah, it looks fantastic. Although we we did have this back and forth on 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 my Instagram. Why is it everyone's excited about a seventy seven year old Picard, and yet they're making fun of a seventy eight year or seventy eight year old Picard, but they're making fun of a seventy seven year old Indiana Jones? I'll tell you why. Because Picard sits in a chair and tells other people what to do. <laughs> and, and well, how do you know he's not going to do that in Indy 5? Do a lot of sitting in chairs. By the way, <laughs> both of Patrick Stewart's, both of Patrick Stewart's iconic roles are sitting in a chair telling what people what to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you guys know that that's not Indiana Jones style. He's going to be getting all dirty and beat up, you know? Uh, let the old guy get out there. I'll, I'm, damn. I, I want to see it. I saw those photos of him on the red, on the, on, I'm sorry, the blue carpet at Rise of Skywalker, and I'm going, damn, he looks good. He Ooh. looked great Harrison in this Ford. movie. He yeah. looked great. I was like, but um, I remember Ben made the joke uh, when Force Awakens came out because he was wearing a brown leather jacket instead of the vest or the blue jacket. He's like, when he's like, Chewie, we're home. Ben was like, he should just put on the hat. Because <laughs> he's basically wearing Indiana Jones' jacket. It's a, he's, it's a he's space jacket. He's 85% yep. Indiana Jones. You put a hat on him, you're like, yeah, I'm fine. You know what? He was great in Blade Runner. And he was great in he Star was, Wars. Actually, he's, he was really good in Blade Runner. He's nailing yeah. all his old roles. One let more. him do it one, one more last time. time. All right. If you want to let us know what you want to do one last time, is this your last Star Wars? Or is this the beginning of way more stars? There are ways to get in touch with us, and there are ways to let us know. I am on Instagram at Not In My Book, and also on Twitter under the same handle. That is how you can reach me. We also have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash caffeinatedcomics, where we put all the news and we read all of your comments, and we usually answer them. Elliot, how do we talk to you? Uh, you can reach me, of course, on Twitter at Elliot Serrano and Instagram at Elliot Serrano. Two L's, two T's, two R's. And I have a new Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash King of Geeks Chicago. So if you want to talk to me about just the geeky stuff, just Star Wars, all that, you can uh, find me there because if you're tired of my political ranting on my personal page, I understand. Yeah. So just go to King of Geeks Chicago and that's where you can find And if I can give you another plug, um, you mentioned your Army of Darkness run, which you can find on Comixology. And if you're on Comixology Unlimited, Elliot's whole run is free to read. Oh. And I'm... If you read it and you have questions, I will I will give you commentary about things that I started up and couldn't finish because the run came to an end a little prematurely. But um, there are uh, a number of things I set up, including an Indiana Jones-style adventure, which I never got to do. Mm. And Stephen Follett. Uh, <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at the Brave Butter Pecan, and you can find the show on Spotify, Stitcher, and the iTunes podcast app. Or go to the radiomisfits.com, and we are proud members of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, and we will talk to you next week. <laughs>